This is Camp Hacker. Come find our show notes and our blog for camp directors and leaders at camphacker.tv. Good day and welcome to our podcast. This is Camp Hacker, episode 58, recorded on the 5th of November, 2013. Today's topic, partnering with parents. If you would like easy, automatic, free updates of our podcast, you can subscribe in iTunes, the BlackBerry Podcast Directory, or the Stitcher app. Search for Camp Hacker. This week's Camp Hacker podcast is sponsored in part by the Camp Owners and Directors Association. You provide quality camp experiences for children, helping them grow and gain independence. We help you achieve your vision. Check us out at campownersanddirectors.com. And by... The amazing support of camp pros like you. We'd like to take a moment to thank our listeners who've become patrons of Camp Hacker. If you'd like to show your support and earn some cool rewards, go to patreon.com slash camphacker. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash camphacker. Today, we want to thank our founding 15 members. We want to thank Andy and Palais and Marianne, Adam, Tank, Angie, Lynette, Jack, Laura, Mary, Seth, Teresa, Lisa, Ruby, and Mark. We're so grateful to, there's actually 16 of you in our founding 15. We want to thank all of you for your support. It's been so wonderful that you stepped up and and supported Camp Hacker on Patreon. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoy the Camp Hacker Show. Hello, camp pros, and welcome to the Camp Hacker Podcast. My name is Travis Allison. I run a blog about running a great summer camp at camphacker.tv. Hi, my name is Dan Weir. I'm the Director of Camping Services at Frost Valley YMCA. Frost Valley is a year-round camp conference education facility up in the Catskill Mountains, and I oversee the overnight camping programs. And this was just my 17th summer of working here. Awesome. And my name is Marty Ferguson. I'm the Director at Camp Chief Ira, which is part of YMCA of the Rockies in Colorado. We're located at the Snow Mountain Ranch site near Winter Park Ski Area, and I just completed my 10th summer as Director. That's awesome. Welcome back, Marty. It's great to have you. Thank you. We're uh, so glad that you want to be involved in this again. Uh, And we've asked Marty to be here today because our topic is something that he's passionate about. And um, today we're going to talk about working together with parents. And it is a... um, a, sh- a topic that we covered in an early show, I think it was Kemp Packer number seven, uh, but it was three years ago, and we thought, let's get a new perspective on this and just sort of float the topic back to the top. And all of us, you've heard all of us talk about the number of years that we've been involved in camp, and, and I certainly know that in my 15 years as a camp director, working with parents changed a lot. Um, and I think it's something that in the long term camp experience, you're going to find that that changes all the time. And so we want to cover how to work with parents well, sort of our feeling on it, and um, how to have a great relationship with who are really our biggest fans in the camp industry. And um, Dan, I know your perspective has changed now that you're a parent and a camp director. Yes. Yeah, it definitely has. Um, It's, you know, I never truly was able to empathize with a, a, a family member needing a photo of their child while they're away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my whole perspective was you're sending your, your kid away, you know, um, definitely understood why parents wanted photos, but at the same point in time, um, truly can never relate on that level. And, um, my wife went away with, with my baby this summer and definitely was texting her saying, I need my daily photo. Like yeah. I definitely understood, um, the, the parents' needs on a, a different level because of it. Uh, Dan, do you, how do you think you're going to be as a camp parent? I'm sorry. How do you, how are you going to be as a camp parent? When Ruby goes to camp the first time, um, I think I think I I will be I'll be better to my wife, um, but I definitely yeah. um, uh, and I say that lovingly. Um, uh, I I definitely think I I'll want my daughter to have the independence uh, yeah. of that relationship. And I've seen a lot of homesick letters over the years uh, go to parents, and then parents write these letters um, back, where it just kind of reinforces the homesickness. Um, you know, I definitely feel like I'll be. Um, good on that sense of really uh, reinforcing her to have a positive camp experience. But I also know, you know, it's, it's very important for me to ha- for her to have a positive camp experience. Cause that's where my wife and I met and, you know, it's such a vital part of our lives. Um, you know, and 
you know, she definitely is going to come to Frost Valley. It's definitely, you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to be sending her off to another camp that I'm working at. Um, right. I, I'm not working at, but the, you know, this is definitely the where we want her to grow up in that sense. Right. But uh, but yeah, I, I like to think that um, I'll be well behaved. But we joke though. Uh, there's a whole bunch of alumni that have daughters and, and that should be campers in 2020, yeah. and that they'll they'll walk around with the keys to the camp and the Wi-Fi <laughs> password and, and all the other you know, camp rat stories. I, I hear when uh, when other camp directors talk about their kids. I, I hear a lot of camp directors refer to kids as the camp rats and, and that ah. sense. But yeah, but um, no, I'm very excited for her to have that camp experience. Yeah, yeah. And Marty, you're about to be a new parent. Yes, I'm terrified and excited, <laughs> and it's it's fun for me to hear um, perspectives like Dan has um, in making that transition. Um, yeah, but we're excited. Yeah, that's fun. awesome. Awesome. And um, for those of you listening, we are going to come back around to um, deal with raising a family at camp. We've dealt with it a couple of times on the show before, but I think it's such a great issue for our own sustainability as camp directors. So um, we'll come back to that, what it's like to, to raise a family at camp, because um, that has been my perspective as well. Now, I I never had young ones at camp, um, although my stepsons I've known at camp since they were two and a half and five and a half um but i never had that parent's perspective um and then by the time we got married and we were all living in the same house instead of beth and her kids in, in one house for those years before we were involved um i know that my perspective changed a little bit but i think probably um i've had to work quite hard to develop empathy for parents um and I, I think that if you've been in the camp business for a while, you find that sometimes you can think that you can be a better parent than than the parents that you see. And truthfully, I still think that that's the case, that I could be a better parent than a number of parents that I see, but really not all of them. Um, that parents are just in a stressful situation and makes them act in, in unusual ways for their own their own personality. Marty, how do you work to to um, to give parents good expectations of what their relationship is like with the camp? And what do you do before and while the kids are at camp? Yeah, I, I, I think that we view the parents as a great resource and a partner for us. And um, something we started doing about four or five years ago that has been a great tool for us, we call it our first-time camper event. Mm-hmm. And where Camp Chief Ray is located, most of our camp families are, live in the Denver area, and you have to drive over a 13,000-foot mountain pass to get to camp. Yeah. So we um, we create this event that is in the Denver area, so it's easy for them to get to, and we invite every family who is sending their child to camp for the very first time. And at that event, uh, we, we do it at a place, uh, it's like a um, a nature museum for kids. So yeah. it's, it's at a... Um, uh, a location where um, they can actually bring their kids to and their kids can, can walk through the museum. We, we pay for them to walk through the museum on, on our dime. Yeah. Um, it's kind of an incentive to come meet us. And then myself, the assistant camp director, our registrar, um, our program director, um, a couple of the camp nurses, and as many of the counselors as we can get will be at this event. And the parents can meet us in person so they can actually put a, a face to the name um, and uh, face the voice they're talking to over the phone as they yeah. register. And um, it's really a first step in creating that relationship with the parents because we want a strong, close relationship with the parents. So, um, you know, that certainly inc- increases their trust level as far as who are they sending their kids off to camp, who's taking care of their kids. And then it really... Um, takes that relationship to another level where we can stand there face to face and have a conversation and hopefully ease any anxieties they have as a, a, a parent sending their kids off to camp for the very first time. Um, and that, that's been a very successful event for us. We've had, you know, as many as 400 people um, attend that event. Yeah. How, what percentage of your new families would you average at that event? I would say probably 80% of our oh, yeah? families show up. Um, and 
you know, of course, there are going to be families, new families from, you know, Texas or California or North Carolina or wherever who, you know, aren't going to be able to make the, the trip across the country uh, for that particular event. But um, quite a few come. And, yeah. and a lot of them will bring their kids. And, you know, the the counselors that we've hired for that particular summer who are able to attend the event, they'll have like a, um, a kid's corner where they can actually entertain the kids and do some camp games and that type yeah. of thing while the parents will talk to the camp administrators. Um, and it's worked out really well for us. Yeah. That's so smart, man. I really love that idea. Um, I think people who, um, people who are, have been in this camp directing game for a long time, uh, who aren't willing to change and be innovative and think of new ideas like this really aren't going to have success working with parents. Like if you've said, well, our tradition has always been you drop off your kid at the bus, uh, and then you pick them up in two weeks or a month at the bus stop. Again, you never see camp. You never meet their counselors. You never meet their director. I think that the parents just won't stand for that anymore. Yeah, and we've we found that um, well, we, we highly encourage our parents to bring their kids to camp. You know, we have that option where they can ride the bus from Denver and that sort of thing. But, yeah. you know, if, if someone calls and they register in February and say, so what would you recommend? We highly recommend they bring their kids to camp, see the physical facilities, um, meet the counselors in person. You know, because even at this event, this first-time camper event that we do typically in April, they don't know who their, count, their kids' counselors are going to yeah. be yet and that sort of thing. So. And we want them to see the, the cabin facilities where their kids are staying. And, you know, that, that really connects. We've been looking for ways over the years to connect the experience the kids are having with the parents' understanding of that experience. Right. And, um, you know, and there's so many different aspects that go into that. So, and, and you know, after we have this first-time uh, camper event, then when the parents show up in June to drop their kids off, you know, I'm standing there as, you know, uh, as they're heading into the dining hall to get checked in and they know me, Yeah. you know, exactly. like I don't remember all their names, of course, yeah. but you know, they're like, Oh, you know, good to see you again, Marty. And that sort of thing. And, and it, it's just a great first step in that relationship that hopefully lasts for years yeah. with the parents. Right. Well, and, and I don't, I, I'm sure you've both had this experience where families become friends. Um, the, you look after their kids from the time they're four until they're finished college. And then by that time you find that you really are quite friends with those families that you've worked hard at this long-term relationship with. Yeah, it's definitely the case. Um, our, um, one of uh, our CEO's friends refers to, um, refers to him as the person that helped raise his kids. Right. Uh, you know, and it, it really, really is true in that and, um, and the co-parenting sense and that, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that that fits Marty's idea of of we're partners in raising your kids together. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, is there stuff you do before camp to set up a good relationship with parents? Uh, We have three open houses during the um, during the year, and we tend to see um, most of our new families during that. uh, But that does require them to come up to camp. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do a lot of communication. Um, So um, in addition to monthly e-newsletters, we're sending out uh, like fun postcard reminders, like for instance, like the packing list we put into um, a crossword puzzle that we mail out in, yep. in May. So we've already we've already kind of sent some of that material out beforehand, but um, but we do our best to kind of make it fun and send it out again before the summer. Yep. Um, and we're constantly um, trying to reach out to new families. Um, so our registrars are will reach out to new families before and after the summer, um, just to kind of debrief their camp experience. That's uh, something that we've noticed has been great as well. So just uh, getting a phone call from somebody saying, are you, are you re- ready for camp? Do you need anything? Um, and uh, that, that has truly helped uh, foster that relationship. No kidding. No kidding. So it's a phone call before and after for new families. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so wow. we'll do, do a phone call in April, and we'll do a, uh, April, May, and then we'll do a phone call in, um, in November. So. Yeah. 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 Well, that's great. And that second phone call is a, a good reminder. Well, a good way to check in with those families to see how their summer was, um, yes. but also to remind them, you know, put it back in their brain to start to register. Yeah, we actually, so to, um, on the registration side, we'll do a phone call in November and then we'll do another set in February. So in November, we're calling to see how the camp experience was. Um, and also, um, we've done a number of surveying at that point, but just yeah, to, uh, to yeah. have that, that one-on-one and then also to let them know that the brochure is coming soon and that winter camp is in, um, in December. And then we'll call again in February to let them know that camp is filling, um, or has sold out sessions in certain sessions and we haven't seen the registration yet. Um, yeah. 
And, uh, you know, I, I hear from parents all the time that um, we do a tremendous amount of emailing and uh, they, they like it. Um, even though they, they say we get a, they get a lot of emails from us, they rather yes. have the reminder that certain sessions are filling up and not disappoint their child um, than, than not get the email itself. Um, right. So in terms of communication, um, we're always trying to, to get away as much as possible from the business side yep. and to have more genuine conversations about how their child's doing yep. um, or the good things that are happening at camp besides you know the, the feeling to sign up. But um, a lot of that communication is electronic. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this, um, this partnership that we have with parents is successful if we are the best communicators they know, then they will feel confidence in what we have to offer in looking after their kids. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, that attention that you could pay, um, you know, even, even if they're just getting to know the registrar, um, they feel like somebody at the camp knows their child. Yeah. And that, I think that, that goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. When they come for open house, Dan, what, what's involved in that and, in, in, you know, on that day in relationship building? Yeah. So our open house is is, um, is actually pretty um, pretty well oiled machine in terms of getting a camper to really feel comfortable with camp. So the first hour of it is um, a slideshow presentation um, where we have all the different camp directors come up and present their part of camp, yes. and then um, we'll take about thirty minutes of open questions. Um, and so we'll have like a hundred plus people there, and and some of the questions you know could be everything from security to what should I pack for my child, and um, you know we we reinforce with the families that there's no such thing as a bad question and you know if some you have a question chances are someone else has it in the room and to really feel comfortable having that dialogue with us yeah and then um after that um the uh we'll go to lunch um so lunch will be from uh, roughly uh one to two and they, they'll actually get the taste of food and that's a huge point of anxiety for kids is actually yep. um getting to taste the food that you're serving at camp and uh, we'll also have that time to just go around and have small conversations with families that are that are present. And then uh, we'll split the tours at 2 o'clock. And from 2 to 3, we'll do a uh, camp tour. And we'll always try to make sure to um, hit up the exact um, building, if not area, that their child will be living in. Yep. Um, so they have that expectation. And then hit up some of the other highlights um, of camp. Um, so, you know, our, our camp is a little bit different in the sense that uh, every building is completely different. Yes. So it, there is, um, that, you know, we want to be making sure we meet the expectations and that uh, we understand for a child that knowing where you're going to sleep is going to be a huge point of relaxation and having that mental image before coming to camp rather than just wondering, you know, am I sleeping in a, a giant room or, you know, am I yeah. sleeping on the floor and actually getting to see the bed and seeing, you know, you know getting to climb the ladder, all those little things. That works out well. Right. So the point where we even decorate um, some of our cabins as well um, to look like camp is in there. Um, yes. A lot of posters and beds made, and um, it, it works out really well for us. So. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So we've got we've established a good relationship before the kids get there. Um, there's obviously stuff to talk about for arrival and their time at camp. But Marty, I wonder what you do in training um, to get your staff into the mindset that you want to build this relationship with the parents? We, we feel like that's a super important part of training um, because of, you know, we, we want the parents to be comfortable with the counselors, you know, the, the young people that are dropping their kids off when they um, arrive at camp. So during training, um, we, we actually invite uh, a handful of camp parents and we try to get a cross section represented. Maybe some, uh, some parents who've been sending their kids to camp for several years, um, you know, maybe some, some first-time parents, so we get several different perspectives, and we have a parent panel. And um, the panel is able to share with the staff what their expectations are. You know, I, I, I always feel like the staff kind of gets tired of hearing my voice during staff training, so, so I can say something over and over and over, and it starts to just become noise. Whereas if they're hearing it directly from the parents, it becomes yeah. much more impactful for them. So um, the parents can share their expectations with the staff, and the staff can ask the, uh, the panel questions, and the panel can ask the staff questions. And it's kind of neat to watch this, the, the parents, you know, talk about, so, you know, what kind of training have you gone through for homesickness in case my, my child gets homesick, uh, and, that, and that sort of thing. Um, and so we even will have um, practice time where the, the counselors can um, practice talking to the camp parents about certain situations, you know, hypothetical scenarios that might 
um, come up at camp. And so they're comfortable with that as well. Right. That's great. That's great. So you can really give them some, um, help them start to empathize with the parents, what it's like for them. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and kind of the, the, the baseline that we want to create for the counselors is for them to be thinking throughout the summer, what is something that a parent would much rather hear from me as their counselor or the camp director administrator rather than from the child? You know, what's something that, that they would much rather hear from us first? And yeah. so, I, you know, I, I talk to the counselors about, you know, if we need to make a phone call before checkout day, um, come, come to my office. Let's talk about it. You know, let's talk through this. Maybe it's me making the phone call. Maybe it's the counselor making the phone call. Uh, depending on the situation, or if it's more appropriate that, you know, we're just going to pull the parent aside at checkout day and have that face-to-face -face conversation, you know, we'll we'll, uh, we'll do it that way as well. You know, kind of talk through the scenario and figure out you know, um, what's the most appropriate thing with that. And yeah. the counselor shouldn't be afraid of that. You know, they should, um, you know, tackle that with enthusiasm because we're creating that um, understanding that we're in partnership with the parents yes. and not... Yeah. You know, it's that we shouldn't be afraid of them. They're, they're our customer too. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, um, you know, I think it goes back to you, you have their child for a period of time. And so if you're not sharing that information, if you're not giving the phone call home or having the conversation during checkout um, and they hear it from their kid, they got to be wondering what else has happened at camp that they didn't hear from their kid. And it just kind of proves that, that mistrust that you've spent endless hours and dollars trying to build to get them to go to camp. Um, and um, yeah, I, I, I think those are the little things that keep our retention rate high. Yeah. Um, and when you're not practicing that, that's that's when your your kids are not coming back to camp. Yeah. And I know um, this has been a big, this, a lot of topics that are coming up today have been prominent discussions on the Camp Pros board in the last week or so. Um, one thing that I made sure that we talked about very specifically in training, we did all those things that you did, Marty, and I think they're all very good things. I think they're essentials to do. And I wonder when people have, you know, a 48-hour training for to get their staff ready for the summer, how they get their staff in the mindset for these kinds of things that really takes some um, time to build an understanding of this. One of the things that we did with our staff was we did a little session called the clientele mindset and um, that um, sort of like the idea that the people at Disney, at Disney um, learn how to treat their guests. And so we teach our staff how to do that as well, how to treat their guests, our guests on site, um, from putting out your hand and introducing yourself, how to do a good handshake, um, how to look people in the eye when you're talking to them, how to address grandparents maybe differently than parents. All those kinds of things so that, that parents get the idea from the start that we respect their position and their relationship to us. And we know that they're essential to what we do. So we, we have that piece of it. But another thing we do is say um, <clears throat> our policy was that um, we would do anything in the world not to have parents call their kids when the kids were only at camp for six days. And we just knew that parents talking to kids... Um, would mean that kid, those kids would have to go home because that would, if the parent was nervous and the kid was nervous and they talked to each other, then the homesick would be overpowering at that point and the kid would have to go home. So we knew that over time and we would talk to parents very specifically about this. Our trade-off with them was we will have your child's counselor call you every day if you want. Um, and so that we're not upsetting your child, but you get a good idea of what's going on. So we would talk to our counselors about how to talk to parents and the sort of things, and you know, to be attentive in the conversation and not really sort of lackadaisical about it, but, but take it very seriously. And one of the lessons that we had to always teach, um, counselors about calling parents, when you call from camp, you say, hello, this is Travis calling from camp and your child is fine. That's the first <laughs> line. That's the first line of every call. Um, and we would, I mean, I would do that if kids went to the hospital. I would start with, your child is fine. Well, he's okay. We've, he's just got a broken arm. Everything's fine. You know, it's all fine. But, like, your child is really had a childhood accident, not nothing big. So I always want to start conversations with parents and say, um, and relieve that stress of parents when you press the, the, of them seeing a call from camp and thinking, oh, my gosh, is my kid died. And mm -hmm. us being sensitive to that right off the bat. Yeah. Dan, is there anything you do in training that would add to those things? 
Um, we definitely cover that with the staff as a whole, um, the, you know, in terms of the terminology um, that you're using with the counseling staff. But the count, our counseling staff don't make the phone calls. Actually, we have a very yeah. large seasonal director team that makes the, the phone calls. Yes. Um, and so we have a three-hour training with the seasonal director um, team. So the first hour is um, we actually get a bunch of the parents of, um, of campers at Frost Valley to come in the room. And to right. speak candidly about what it's like to be a parent, um, and there's a joke that there's always um, one of them always threatens to kill the group if they ever harm their child or anything yeah. ever happens to yeah. their child. Um, but it's a very um, it's a it's a great session because because their staff they're um, they're more likely to be vulnerable and to expose themselves because yeah. you do feel vulnerable talking about being um, being a parent. I was joking. My wife and I were joking with somebody that we'd rather talk about politics or religion than parenting styles at this point because <laughs> everyone has a different philosophy um, on, on, what, on what's right, and nobody wants to believe they're raising their child wrong. And, yeah. and no one's wrong, but it's yeah. just um, everyone's very passionate about how they raise their child. Yeah. But um, so we, we have them in a room and, uh, for an hour, and they, they ask questions. Uh, I have some questions prompted as well to kind of um, to get at things that they really want to hear about their child and pick up on their um on the little cues of the language. And then we spend an hour um, debriefing um, that conversation with, with the um, seasonal director team. Yes. And a lot of the, the seasonal directors are um, 22 to 26. They don't have kids. It's the first time, might be the first time ever really um, describing a very difficult issue to a parent, um, mm-hmm. you know, such as homesickness or, or bullying or, you yeah. know, any of the other things that, that we see in our field. And then the, um, the last hour of it is we actually, um, we jump off the diving board. I, I have a few parents, um, that we place phone calls to and we actually use their kids' names and we present fake scenarios to them. Yes. It's, um, it's great. And they have to do it on speakerphone as well. Right. And then after they get off the phone call, um, uh, uh, well, after the phone call is done, yeah. the parent will actually say how it went. And then after the parent gets off the phone, we'll give advice. Um, and it right. is something that, uh, that we started three years ago and uh, is the most beneficial session we have during our director training. Um, people love it. It's definitely a lot of nervousness and it yeah. ends up being mostly my family, uh, like yeah. my mother, my aunt, <laughs> and, uh, you know, but there's, there, we call quite a few parents that, um, yeah. that are happy to role play and happy to be like right. this. And it's a lot of the parents that we've, we've, uh, kind of converted from helicopter to being our biggest advocates yeah. um, that are happy to to do this conversation with us and um yeah it's it's a fantastic training um the 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 material i use the debrief in between the sessions and kind of train them for the phone call is um is from chris thurber um yes. he runs a great training on how to talk to parents and right. um his psychology background uh, definitely adds to uh, the language you should be using with the, the parent and uh, yeah. yeah um it's 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 been great so. that's cool that's such a great idea. It's an awesome idea. Uh, so now the kids are at camp, and um, what do you do at Frost Valley uh, to make parents feel like they're a partner? Yeah. So um, we rely heavily on digital. So um, we uh, use Smug Mug for our photos. We used to upload yes. photos every day, and we were not not meeting that expectation. So we dialed it back to every other day and um, have found that by dialing it back and actually meeting the expectation, then that's worked out uh, really well. So um, the photos also, um, it's amazing. Um, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but it, it, the amount of views is insane um, that yeah. those photos get viewed. And then um, we all have camp photo stories about you know the um, someone seeing something misinterpreted one time um, I, there was a staff member who was very animated, talking with his hands, and was bright red talking to a child, and um, and that parent took it as, as they were being yelled at, but really the person was just sunburned, and it's just that's just yeah. how Owen talks. He just talks like this. That's what he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, there is that, that plus and minus of the photos, but um, you know, for me, I don't want camp to be a mystery. I don't want the child to be going home and, and to feel like it's a mystery. Uh, the the other thing um, that uh, in addition to that we we blog um, and we'll right. upload videos and we'll email those out often to families about once a week um, just to kind of keep the communication going and then um, the last is if they they ever want to call they are more than welcome to call um, and about fifty percent of our parents do call while their child's at camp to see yep. how they're doing yep. um, we've we've tracked it so um, yep. and that's um, that is a huge culture shift I would say in the past. 15 years when I when I started 
of being a camp director, um, it, you know, it was probably, I mean, I didn't have to take statistics, but it was probably like more like 25%. And that was only, yeah. only like 2004. So, um, you know, to see it change so much in the past 10 years has been, um, has been, has, has definitely been cumbersome in terms of, um, of work. But I, I completely understand um, times have changed as well. You know, with technology, you could text your child while they're in school and see how they're doing. Yeah. You could text their kid um, when they get out of school and know exactly where they're headed to. Um, and parents don't have that um, that that level of communication anymore. I, I don't like referring to it as the digital umbilical cord. Um, I feel like it's a little bit insensitive um, mm-hmm. doing that. Um, yeah. And I think that's an attitude that's definitely shifted um with becoming a parent as well, right. you know, yeah. like me needing my wife to text me photos uh, yeah. of my, you know, two month old um, at the time um, was, you know, it was definitely something where I was like, oh, I shouldn't really refer to this as a, as a digital umbilical cord. It sounds almost yeah. insulting and said, right. but um, yeah, I think, I think uh, parents just want consistency and they want to feel like you're honest with them. Um, and they want you to feel like um, that they're being approached for issues. And, and if, if you're having that clear communication, um, no matter what way you format it with, you know, if it's a seasonal director or if it's a, the camp council making direct, direct phone calls or doing the face-to-face during day camp, um, you know, I think that's a, a big thing. But uh, overnight camps in particular really have to overcome this hurdle because day camps, the kid goes home every day and the parent yeah. can ask the question the next day. And, and an overnight camp, you're basically, you're talking about two-week, one-week, four-week, eight-week camp experience, and you need to keep the parent involved. Right, right. Marty, at, at Keep Ch- Camp Chief Array, what's your um, communication like with parents once the kids arrive? Um, there, there's not a lot of communication once the kids arrive. Most of the kids are at camp from Sunday until Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we do, uh, similar to what Dan was talking about, we do blog often. So there, there's oftentimes one-way communication. So um, we'll blog often about what's happening um, during the week. Parents have an opportunity to send uh, one-way emails to their kids that we can deliver to the cabins as if it were, uh, you know, snail mail. Um, But something that's very important that we do is a checkout day. Um, We we kind of um, put the parents into our dining hall before they even see their kids. And um, I take about 20 minutes with just the parents before they actually pick up their kids. They don't really want to go much longer than that because they're no. getting antsy. They really want to see their kids. Yeah. Um, but that gives me a chance to um, talk a little bit about what happened during the week, what they should be asking their kids about in the car ride on the way home. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I talked earlier about wanting to connect the experience the kids are having to the parents understanding that experience. And so we will arm them with some very specific questions. You know, like if our theme week was Wild West week, I might say, you know, ask, uh, ask your, your camper about, um, you know, the sheriff and the damsel in distress and the gold rush that we did on Wednesday night or, you know, the, the, uh, the Western-themed uh, dance, you know, square dance or whatever that we did um, on dance night. Or, um, you know, if we had a spectacular night for camp out night and there was a meteor shower, I can tell them about that and, and had, you know, just remind them, like, ask your kids about this particular thing. Otherwise, they just fall sound asleep in the car on the way home. And yeah. you know, they, how, how was camp, honey? Oh, it was fine. And that that might be all you get. Um, so that's pretty important. And, and some of our program directors will do um, some short presentations during that 20 minutes as well. And once again, it gives the parents a chance to see, to see us face-to-face, to be able to ask us questions. And all of our administrators are very... Um, uh, available during that checkout time if uh, if parents have any questions. Um, but there was one uh, one important thing that we did um, this past summer that I wanted to bring up as kind of an example of, of ways that you can communicate with your parents while things are going on at camp. Um, it was actually a tragedy that we had within the camp family. A, uh, a former longtime staff member had um, passed away, and a lot of his friends were still working at camp. And so when we heard about it, obviously the staff had a grieving period they were going to go through while at the same time still trying to do their job, be a great camp counselor. And so the day before checkout, I sent an email to all the families um, who were picking up their kids the next day, kind of explaining what had happened. And yeah. you know, I made it very kind of, kind of like um, what you were saying, Travis, when you, when you call that parent saying um, your child is fine, you know, I made it very clear that, you know, that the death did not happen at camp or you know, yeah. anything like that, but um, kind of explained your kids might have overheard some conversation about this. This is what they were talking about. This is kind of what 
we were going through this week. Hopefully, we still provided a great experience to your kids, but it's but it's important to know that this might have have uh, seeped into your child's uh, camp experience. And the next day at checkout, there were so many parents who were so appreciative of that communication um, as far as what was going on, and, and obviously expressed their condolences and that sort of thing. And um, you know, and once again, I think it just helped create more trust um, with what was going on at camp with our parents. Yeah. It's a really great idea. It's really great. Um, Dean, is there anything else you can think of that, that you've changed over the years in the way you deal with parents? No, you know, um, I think the biggest thing is, um, that we've changed our registrar's hours. Um, so we used to have a registrar only in from nine to five. Yeah. And we have actually changed it. So now it's eight, um, uh, sorry, it's nine to eight, um, right. Monday through Thursday. And so um, it, the purpose of that is uh, when someone calls camp, they actually get somebody on the phone. Um, yeah. Our camp directors um, that work year round are often in meetings or interviewing people or are on the road promoting camp and meeting new families. So um, uh, we really believe it's when someone calls Frost Valley that they should be able to talk to somebody that's knowledgeable about the camp program. And so um, I would say the biggest change that we've made uh, over the past three years is really making sure that that when someone calls that someone's getting back to them or that if not, even better, if someone's actually picking up the phone. Yeah. So uh, Monday through Thursday, it's uh, 9 to 8. Um, from, uh, on, on Friday, we're t- till 6, and then it's 9 to 5 on Saturday before right. we just use that 9 to 5. Monday through Friday, and, and we have noticed um, a quite quite a dramatic improvement with parent satisfaction in terms of talking to people, yeah. Um, and feel that they connected. So, and sometimes they just, they just you know they want to know where to find the packing list on the website, and mm. um, you know it's just they want to just be reassured that someone's there. So. Yes, yeah, that's really great. Thanks a lot, Dan. Yeah. Um, for Marty, is there are there other things that you've changed in the last little while to make the relationship stronger? Um, well, you know, I'd, I'd mentioned the first time camper event. That was probably the, the biggest yeah. step uh, we took in being able to to meet face to face with our parents. That checkout procedure, as far as um, you know, having the parents as a as a captive audience for a few minutes, that's pretty new. It, um, we've only been doing that two years. We've gotten great feedback on that. Yeah. Um, and, and our blogging is pretty new as well. Um, you know, that's that's something that we have not been doing, and our parents are really appreciative of that. We, we don't do, like, uh, what Frost Valley does as far as posting pictures during the week. We wait yeah. until the session is over before we post pictures. And so the blogging has become really important for us um, so the parents can just have some sense of, of what's going on. Um, I think the picture idea is a fantastic idea, and we, we looked into it, but we just haven't um, taken the plunge with that just yet. Yeah, it's a tremendous amount of work. I mean, that's the, you know the biggest thing is um, you know uh, whatever you add to your camp, you need to make sure that it's sustainable in terms of delivering consistently. Um, I, you know, uh, when we added photos, you know, fifteen years ago, we were you know saying every day, every day, and and we just weren't meeting it, and it was just causing animosity. And um, and I think that is something that is just really important to whatever you're going to do, just be consistent about it. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's such a great point. And one reason we haven't taken the plunge with that is because with our – can we be consistent with that? You know, if you put something out there to the parents like we're going to do this and you follow it through with it, you know, Dan, as you say, it certainly causes animosity and suddenly that partnership and the trust breaks down. And so that's why we've been so hesitant to do it is because we're just not sure um, that we can meet the expectations, whatever expectations we put yeah. out there with it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and you know, and and parents too. You know, um, you know, not every expectation is able to be met. Um, my favorite was was one time where our Manhattan bus. Um, we have buses that leave every two weeks, which is just, imagine um, the coordination that goes out in four different locations. So our Manhattan bus left an hour late, and um, we emailed the families um, um, to let them know. But the families w- wanted um, 
us to email GPS coordinates of where the bus was currently. Um, um, I always use that example for, for multiple reasons. One is, you know, we wouldn't do it for safety reasons. You know, we don't want people to know where the, the yeah. bus is. Um, but the other is, you know, sometimes um, when a parent's missing their child that, you know, that their demands can't be met. And it's okay to say, I'm sorry, that's just not something we're able to, to do at this point and to, to own it, you know, and, and not lie. You know? so. Yeah. So, Marty, what do you do when you get an upset parent on the phone? They call you. Um, well, first of all, I, I, I drop everything. That suddenly becomes the most important thing that I have going on. And um, uh, usually I'm not the first person that they get a hold of. Yeah. And so I tell our, our office team, you know, if there is a call that comes in and a parent's upset, um, track me down, uh, you know, no matter what I'm doing. And I'll drop everything. I will. I will call them. Uh, something um, that um, that I do with them is is I will just let them talk until they're done. And I'll take a whole lot of notes um, yep. about what they're talking. I'll kind of repeat back, you know, what what I think I've heard them say and and that sort of thing. And typically, if they're upset about something that happened at camp, um, more often than not, that's the first time I've heard about, you know, whatever situation yeah. they're upset about. Let's, let's suppose it's bullying that's going on in their cabin. And so, um, what I will do is I'll share with them like, okay, I, I need to do a little bit of research and, um, uh, you know, I want to talk to the counselors, you know, if, if their kid's still at camp, you know, I might want to talk to their child. Um, and I'll say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do this research. Here's what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to get back to you. And, um, you know, I, I don't let that sit for very long. Hopefully within an hour or two, I can get back to them. Um, and then at that point, I can actually tell them, here's the steps we're going to do um, to correct whatever went wrong, whatever you're unhappy about. And I am always sure to um, really be grateful to the parent for bringing that to our attention. A phrase I use often is, um, we can't get better at what we do without you um, giving us feedback, good, bad, and everything in between. And, and um, you know, I let them know that that can be a tough call for them to, to call and say, you haven't met my expectations. So, you know, I really appreciate that. Thanks for bringing it to our attention. Here's what I'm going to do. And then, you know, if there needs to be follow-up, I'll, I'll put reminders on my calendar because you get really busy during the summer. And if, you know, you don't want to forget something like that. And so just to, to help myself, I'll put reminders on my calendar about following up with that parent and just be as thorough with that process as possible. Yeah, that's great. Do you have a, a particular way of dealing with that, Dan? Uh, Upset parent? Yeah, for, um, for me, it's, it's about empathy and, and, and that emotion. And, um, when, when you're delivering <laughs> the news, you know, I think a lot of parents, um, their mind automatically jumps to the worst thing possible when you're calling about anything. Um, and to really, um, really do your best to kind of explain the full situation of what's going on, and, and like Martin was saying, to make it the top priority. Um, there's definitely, I've definitely been late to a number of meetings in the summer because I was taking the time with the parent. Yep. Um, you know, and um, and every parent's different. Um, I think that's really important to know. Um, what might be really comforting to one parent might completely set off another. Um, there isn't a foolproof uh, a method yeah. or algorithm, yeah. and it's really about having um, having that conversation. And that's part of the reason why we moved um, about six years ago or seven years ago to having um, only our seasonal directors make phone calls home. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I remember being 19 and, and placing a phone call home. Um, and uh, it didn't go well. Um, I mean, a number of them did. I remember one being really just not going well, and just um, I didn't know how to tactfully deliver the language because I've been working directly with their child, and right. you know, in that sense. Um, but that's just a choice we've made. Um, I don't think it's right or wrong um, in that sense. Um, I really admire um, the day camp platform where um, the parent can have that instant feedback. Um, uh, daily from, from the staff, directly from the person. And um, we're to be honest with you, that's what we're strategizing right now is how can we get more of that direct feedback back to the parent? Because even the way we do checkout, um, you know, they're not getting a lot of that interaction with the counselor um, just because of our volume and, and shuffling people through. Um, so um, that's something that we are, we are looking at. How can we have more of that connection with families during the, during the year? Yeah. 
That's great. Thank you both for sharing those. Um, I, I think I, I agree with what you said, Marty, that that listening to the parents is the most important part. Obviously, dropping um, what you're doing and getting to them right away and being consistent with your follow through. Um, I found that upset parents, more than 50 percent of those calls will be successfully resolved if I just let them talk um, and I can hear that them out. That's the most I can do. Um, to solve that. There are obviously ones where I have to go and find out what happened um, and uh, and get back to them. And those are tough calls, but just part of the job. Um, but I also want to, to say that in my job, I've had reason to stand up for my counselors before where the, the parent was being completely unreasonable um, and the counselor, they're blaming a counselor who was doing, you know, one of my all-stars who had a dumb moment. Um, and I've, I, this is sort of the same experience talking to parents of campers and parents of staff. Um, and I mean, I have a big rant about talking to parents of staff, which I've delivered on this show before. Um, and I have on more than one occasion said to a parent, I trust your child to look after these kids. I don't understand why you don't trust them to look after these kids. And your opinion is affecting my opinion of what they are capable of. And you need to know that. Um, so I've stood up for my staff with their own parents before, but I've stood up for my staff with, um, with other parents. And I've stood up for our procedures before with parents before as well, where I had a parent come in, fly into my office on opening day. Um, I just tucked into the office to, to get something. She came flying in and she said, this, my kid's counselor won't let him keep his cell phone. And I said, no, it's our policy. We outlined it and all these things went through the whole spiel. And she said, well, I insist that my kid has his phone and calls me every day. And I said, no, this is our policy. Here's why. Um, we will allow your child's counselor to come and call you every day. Um, I'll even make a rare exception and have let your kid call you tomorrow one time in the week. But I need you to understand if this kid calls you, they will likely be more upset and more homesick. She was yeah. talking about a 14 year old boy. This is not a little kid. Um, and she said, no, I insist that my kid has his phone. And I said, that's fine. You can take your kid home. Yeah. There's no way that we are going to bend this important rule more than I've offered to bend it already. And our procedures are put in place for a reason. Um, we tell parents things like it's not fair to the other kids in the cabin. It'll make, obviously, it'll make your child homesick, etc. And uh, I've been willing to be firm, not rude, um, but firm with parents on a number of occasions when they were being completely unreasonable. And I think sometimes it lost me in camper, but I, but I always meant that that less less work for me in future, less work for my staff. If I if I was able to stand by procedures that we delivered over over time. Yeah, and I think just echoing some of that, uh, what you were just saying, Travis, is, um, you know, there's that saying sometimes in sales that the customer is always right. right and right. You know, I, and I, I don't, when I'm talking to parents, I don't see it being like a right and wrong thing. I, I you know, sticking to the theme, I always yeah. think, okay, you as the parent, me as the camp director, we're going to work as partners to figure this out. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, getting defensive in that conversation, I, I have found is always a bad thing, you know, on, on my own part, because oftentimes the parent is emotional about whatever they're calling about or, you know, step into your office about. And, um, you know, sometimes I have to take a few deep breaths and make sure I'm not getting emotional or defensive as well, mm -hmm. because they might be criticizing, you know, one of your all-star counselors or yep. a procedure you have or that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, so I just always stick to that theme like, OK, it's not us versus them. It is working as partners to figure it out. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think I think, too, um, um, one of the best things is to slow the conversation down when the parents are heated. Yes. Um, to just say, well, you know, um, I completely understand um, your concern from, from what you're telling me. I'm concerned as well. And uh, I just need a little bit of time to go back to my staff and make sure I have all the details um, because I, I don't want to misspeak and, uh, um, and make sure that, uh, you know, that I know everything as well. But it sounds like you have, you have quite a bit of information, and I'm sorry that you've had this experience. And just there's a way of delivering that empathy without apologizing for anything, <laughs> yeah. for lack of better words. I, I'm apologizing for my, for my lack of knowledge right. more than anything else. Um, and uh, it works. It really kind of calms people down. Uh, allows for you to go back and to um, to look into it and to make a fair assessment. You know, I've talked to a number of um, 
number of parents that are educators. We have a tremendous amount of school trips that come here, so yeah. we end up getting a lot of school uh, parent uh, parents of uh, oh, sorry campers of parent uh, campers of teachers. Yes. Um, <laughs> I can't talk. And um, you know, I, I have heard the phrase, "Well, I'm an educator. I, I know what I'm doing." Uh, many a time, right. um, and it made me kind of chuckle when you asked me, you know, what kind of camp parent I'm going to be yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> as well. Uh, I'm a camp director. I know exactly um, what should be going on. And we, you know, those conversations are often the most difficult to have because you have somebody that's a, either a trained professional or has a distinct style or knows something about their child that, that we don't know. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, uh, speaking for my camp, we do have 17 to 25 year olds working with kids and that's... not everyone's a, is up to date on every possible thing. So, um, it's, a, it is definitely that balancing act of knowing, um, knowing your, your, pro, um, your procedures and what to defend, uh, knowing, um, how to empathize in that moment and slow the conversation down. And then, um, knowing that there is the possibility that your staff, may or may not have delivered what they said to you. And, yep. um, but, um, yeah, I always just try to slow the conversation down in those emotional yep. moments. Smart. Um, and, and then, and then come back when they're, they're feeling better. And often I could get even more detail about how, how right we were. And uh, I could deliver that little nugget that will, uh, that will completely make the conversation null and void. That'll make the parent go, Oh, you really did try yes. everything. Yeah. And I've had that, you know, I've yep. had, I've had people question why we're asking a child to leave for behavior and um, having every little nugget really, um, really does help in those situations. So. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I think I would even add to that, Dan, you talked about, you know, knowing your policies and procedures. Uh, when I was a young camp director, my first summer or two, um, there might have been some some calls from upset parents that I would go into that I wasn't very confident. And I, you know, kind of asked myself, kind of had a heart to heart with myself, like, okay, why wasn't I confident about that phone call? Yeah. And and realized, okay, there's some things that um, yeah. that we need to fix at camp to become a better camp. And so if I'm not confident going into that phone call, then there's something wrong. And whatever's wrong needs to be fixed so we can become a better camp. And so that so we're not just serving the kids, but we're also serving the parents. And they're very happy with the experience we've delivered as well. Right. Uh, I think my final word on this is um, my my final piece of advice is if you are in the wrong, if you're in the campus, the campus is in the wrong, and you realize that, I think it's important to apologize. I think it's important to say um, we will fix this. We will do everything we can to fix it. Maybe maybe I've lost your child as a camper, uh, and I'm incredibly sorry about that. Um, but we will do what we can to fix this. But I want you to understand my bottom line is I feel terrible that this has happened to your kid. And, you know, I'm in this for the kids. I don't want this to be their, their camp experience. So, um, I know that apologies have saved a situation when they were due. Um, they have saved many a situation for me. So, guys, I really want to thank you for all the awesome ideas and, and for being so open and sharing these things. It's really great. Uh, at this point, I think we're going to move on to our Tool of the Week. Tool of the Week. Our Tool of the Week uh, is brought to us for the first time ever by one of our Patreon patrons. Um, so I want to thank Ruby, who's been on the show before um, and who is actually working on a, a show for the Camp Hacker Network with Beth. Uh, but Ruby uh, sponsored this Tool of the Week set that we have here. And uh, so thanks, Ruby. We really appreciate that. Um, I'm going to start with mine and then I'll pass on to you guys. I have a, a cool app that I found this week um, that is uh, for Facebook, and it's on that freemium model. So I get a certain number of features for free, and if I want the full package, I can pay for it. Uh, and it is an app called Post Planner, and it allows us to plan out the posts that go out on Facebook. And I can do that in two – I can pull from a number of different areas. So um, they can – um, they provide a bunch of things that get good reactions on on Facebook. So a lot of people on Facebook, the currency is no is like comment and share, and so they're facebook posts that get a lot of reactions and they have generic questions that get reactions um and people ask them um and uh you know you can draw in 
old posts, what I call deep links from within your website. So old blog posts that are evergreen and still val valuable uh, and put them into schedule so that you can set up your Facebook page to uh, you know be scheduled updates for now till whenever. Um, and I think it's a great... Um, a great service that'll allow you for the times when you're busy and in the off season, when you're plunging through a lot of things and you have less stuff than you do in the summer. Um, it's still important to keep up Facebook and, and keep that community going. Um, this is a great service to make that easier for you. And it is at postplanner.com, but we'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, Marty, we had a good discussion about your tool of the week. Uh, and I like it cause it's a no cost one. What's yours? Yeah, I, uh, before I was a camp director, I was a public school teacher, and I read somewhere that uh, school teachers make, on average, 3,000 decisions a day. <laughs> I would guess that camp administrators probably make something like 10 times that many decisions in a day. Yeah. And so oftentimes those decisions are coming from you know so many different people asking you questions. And as camp directors, we, we also have a pretty important to-do list that doesn't have anything to do with those questions. Yeah. So um, the first hour of my workday is when I'm the most productive. So uh, my tool is what I call cap time. And um, for cap time, you can pick um, a fun hat, uh, perhaps that's some, some visual, um, that when you're wearing that hat, your staff know that that's your cap time. That's when you're being the most productive. And unless it's a dire emergency, they should not be interrupting your cap time with questions. There you go, Dan. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, my podcasting cap, yeah. You know, and so it, so it can be kind of a fun visual. I don't do it uh, very often during the summer. It's more yeah. of kind of a, a fall, winter, and spring kind of thing yeah. uh, for me. Um, but, um, you know, sometimes I, I might pick, you know, as little as one hour during a week, or if there's a lot going on, a busy week, it might be, uh, you know, an hour a day. But um, really simple tool that um, just helps me be a little more productive and get some of my, my to-do list done. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think we all know what it's like. I remember my first summer as a director. Um, I, I've always done my best when I was at camp to get a rest hour in at least one day a week. Um, and I remember my first summer as a director going for a nap and a rest hour and having dreams of people calling my name. It's, <laughs> it was just so constant. People just calling my name, calling my name yeah. all the time. Yeah. Uh, and, and we, uh, that, that, decreased over time as we learned to train our staff a little better but I, that's just crazy that i would have during my waking and sleeping time people will be calling my name wanting to ask questions one of my favorite things is to visit another camp um during the summer for the aca yeah. and to hear not hear my name on their radio is so <laughs> it's like just feels so good in that moment um it's just great <laughs> that's hilarious that's awesome dan what's your tool Great. Um, so my tool of the week is um, a TED Talk um, from Brian Sense. Um, and Brian Sense is uh, the executive director of Aduku and also um, has been working in the camp industry for, I want to say, uh, as long as I have, um, so 17 years at least. Um, but he uh, did a TED Talk on risk. And um, it's it's a really great talk about why children need risk in their lives. And um, the link in the show notes specifically um, uh, features the TED Talk and also features um, it features his presentation as well. So I think um, you can watch the two side by side. Often with TED Talks, you can't see what's on the screen sometimes, yes. and you can only see the presenter. But this, uh, the link specifically in the show notes features that. Uh, but yeah, it's about 23 minutes long. It's it's worth the listen. And um, I always search for videos or books or uh, anything that kind of reinforces the language that I need to speak to families about camp and yeah. to my staff about reinforcing the uh, the positive effects. I often find even um, even with people that work at our camp. You constantly need to remind them of, of the good things that we do. Um, yeah. you know, and, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great video. That's great. Thank you both for sharing awesome tools. Uh, Dan, I'll stay with you. Um, let people know how they can get in touch with you if they have any questions or want to follow what you're doing in camping. Right. Um, so I work at Frost Valley YMCA, which is frostvalley.org. Uh, I tweet at Dan Loves Camp. And I uh, blog at danlovescamp.com as well as unplugatcamp.com. Nice. Thanks very much, Dan. Yeah, no problem. Marty, how about you? How can people follow you, what you're doing in camping? 
Well, I'm, I'm a little more old school. I uh, haven't gotten into uh, tweeting just yet, uh, although uh, someone in our office does uh, tweet on behalf of Camp Chief Uray. But um, our website is campchiefuray.org, and I can be reached at M. Ferguson, that's F E R G U S O N, at ymcarockies.org. Awesome. Marty, thanks for being on again. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I always enjoy it. I'm glad that you were able to make time out of the uh, y, the National Symposium for the Y to uh, find a quiet space and, and talk to us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was great. Uh, so go to find our show notes at camphacker.tv slash podcast. If you're watching the YouTube version of this, we'll hope that you'll click on the subscribe button just right down below this video. Leave us comments on the website, on the YouTube, um, or you can tweet me directly at camphacker. Um, that's all one word, C-A-M-P-H-A-C-K-E-R. Um, and, uh, Get in touch. Ask us anything you want. If you want us to have a topic you'd like us to cover to bring a panel on to talk about, we're happy to do that. We've got lots of ideas from past hosts and um, people calling in. Our next show uh, is going to be with Rich Rinaldi, um, and we're going to talk about uh, being a camp professional and developing a career in this. And Rich is just a longtime listener, a friend of Dan's. Dan introduced me to Rich uh, a long time ago. Um, and uh, so we're going to do that show because we think it's a great idea, and we're grateful that, that Rich stepped up and said this i think we should we should talk about so we're going to do that so email me travis at socialcatalyst.ca send me a tweet at camp hacker um and i think that's it so thanks very much to you guys i really appreciate it and thanks for the evening friends the camp hacker podcast is brought to you by beth and travis allison summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening.